Mulibwanji. That's our greeting from today from a vast repository of languages on this continent of ours. Did you know that before colonial rule, Africa comprised of up to 10,000 different states and autonomous groups with distinct languages and customs? Well, now you know. It is 11th May and welcome to Africa I Gotcha podcast. We are interactive, informative and factual, putting our interests as Africa first. At the end of the podcast, I'll be talking about two mothers who sung a duet in two separate local languages and an all-time fave of mine. Keep listening. Oh, by the way, one of them performed for Mandela and Oprah. So hold on and find out who these two are and what the duet is. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. So I spent my weekend and today reading and listening to your feedback on the podcast. So far, if you also want to send in your input, do so on this email address. That's globalafricaprogram at gmail.com. Again, globalafricaprogram at gmail.com. I'll repeat again at the end of the show, so grab a pen and paper or keep your phone ready to type it in. And as always, the show will keep morphing to reflect your needs. Now, if you're a small business or a medium-sized business, pay attention. Really pay attention. Do send us in your success stories. We want the world to hear what you're doing. And of course, ourselves too here on this continent. We want to celebrate you here. Oh, no, 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 no. Oops, before I forget and I get my head chopped off, let me wish all the mothers listening and and tuned in (laughs) a belated Mother's Day. And just for you, uh, I have a special link to a song by Prince Nico for all you mothers to listen into. So wait until the end and make sure you listen to that. In our Africa I Gotcha section today, I'll be looking at how education has been impacted by COVID-19 situation here on the continent. As always, my keen interest to numbers uh, will come out as I'll be sharing them, so keep it here. Meanwhile, let's find out what's going on around the world in our global news update. Here's the latest news. From headlines from BBC News at 3.27pm today. Hello, it's the BBC News. Social care workers are dying at roughly twice the rate of those in the population at large, according to data from the ONS. But it says the risks amongst healthcare workers, including doctors and nurses, is not significantly different to that facing the rest of the population. The analysis of nearly 3,000 deaths in England and Wales among 20 to 64 year olds also shows 9.9 in every 100,000 men are dying of COVID-19, compared to 
5.2 in every 100,000 women. Opposition politicians, unions and company directors are calling for more details and clarity following the government's decision to ease some lockdown measures in England this week. Ministers say people should return to work if they can't do their jobs from home. People will also be allowed to take unlimited amounts of outdoor exercise and sit or sunbathe in parks. A 50-page document with more information is being published this afternoon. The leaders of all the devolved nations say they're keeping the stay-at-home, save-lives advice, meaning there are now differences in how lockdown restrictions will apply in the different areas of the UK. Last night, Boris Johnson changed his slogan from stay-at-home to stay-alert. The Welsh government is warning people not to drive from England into Wales for exercise. The government has extended plans to impose a 14-day quarantine on people coming into the UK by air to other means of transport too. Passengers arriving from France and the Republic of Ireland will be exempt. Willie Walsh, the chief executive of IAG, which runs British Airways, says the quarantine measures mean flights won't be able to resume in any meaningful way. There's uh, nothing positive in anything that I heard the Prime Minister say yesterday. So we had been planning to resume on a pretty significant basis of flying in July. Uh, I think we'll have to review that based on what the Prime Minister said yesterday. Jury trials in England and Wales are set to continue from next week. All Crown Court trials have been suspended since March the 23rd, amid fears those attending wouldn't be able to properly social distance. And Jerry Stiller, the comedian and actor famed for his role as Frank Costanza in the US sitcom Seinfeld, has died aged 92. He also worked with his son, Ben Stiller, in a number of films, including Zoolander. The American actor tweeted that he'd been a great dad and grandfather and would be greatly missed. From Sky News at 4.30pm today. From the Sky News Centre at 2, the First Ministers of Scotland and Wales have been trying to distance their administrations from lockdown changes being made in England. Last night, the Prime Minister announced the UK government's message is now stay alert, despite all three other nations sticking to the original message of stay home. Nicola Sturgeon says it's still too risky to ease restrictions, while Mark Drakeford's concerned it'll cause confusion. He thinks this will result in people breaking the rules. In Wales... It is Welsh law that applies. Travelling to Wales to exercise is not to exercise locally. Boris Johnson also encouraged those who can't work from home to start going in again from Wednesday. Unions and businesses say they want to hear more details on the Prime Minister's plan as he prepares to face MPs in the House of Commons later. Director General of the Confederation of British Industry, Dame Caroline Fairburn, says there's nothing simple about restarting the economy. An important step forward. What we now need is more clarity around the guidance itself. We need more clarity around public transport and we need to know the future of the financial support schemes alongside it. Fines for breaking lockdown rules in England are going up from Wednesday. The first penalty issued if police believe there's been a breach will be £100. That will be reduced to 50 if paid within two weeks. Transport for London says face coverings should be used on buses, tubes, trains, as well as in black and mini cabs in the city. It's also asking people to travel outside of peak times. The boss of the firm that owns British Airways has been given his opinion on a new 14-day quarantine period for people arriving in the UK. Willie Walsh 
Walsh thinks is definitely going to make things worse for airlines. And the cost of petrol's fallen below a pound a litre. Morrison's has reduced it to 99.7 pence. Supermarket says it's the first time it's been this low since February 2016. That's the latest. I'm Robin Montague. From Bloomberg First Word at 12.57pm today. Vice President Mike Pence has been self-isolating from the White House. On Friday, his press aide, Katie Miller, was diagnosed with the coronavirus. That brought the virus into President Trump's inner circle. Miller is married to one of the president's closest advisers, Stephen Miller. New York has reported its lowest daily death toll since the end of March. There were 207 fatalities from the coronavirus. Governor Andrew Cuomo plans to announce more details of the state's gradual reopening today. That's expected to deal with areas upstate. Cuomo has given no indication that New York City is near being able to reopen. The Supreme Court is set to hear what could become the biggest cases yet involving Donald Trump as president. Tomorrow, there will be back-to-back arguments. The president is trying to keep House Democrats and a New York prosecutor from seeing his financial records. The court's rulings could determine whether the president's tax returns are made public. That fight over the European Central Bank is ramping up. The European Commission threatened twice over the weekend to sue Germany. The issue, a ruling by the German Constitutional Court that challenged the ECB's monetary authority. The European Commission says the final word will come from Luxembourg, where the EU's top court is headquartered. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and at Quick Take by Bloomberg. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Ritika Gupta. This is Bloomberg. From DW News Brief at 2 p.m. today. This is DW News, and these are our top stories. France has started easing its eight-week coronavirus lockdown. People can now, for example, visit shops and get their hair cut. But some areas, including Paris, have been deemed red zones and are subject to tighter restrictions. In Germany, the coronavirus infection rate has remained over the critical value of one for the second day in a row. That means that every COVID-19 patient is infecting at least one other person on average. The jump comes after an easing of some lockdown restrictions. Police in Hong Kong have arrested more than 200 people in renewed pro-democracy protests. It is the first time the anti-government protests have been held since the coronavirus outbreak began. Iran's state broadcaster says that a missile launched during a naval training exercise killed 19 sailors aboard an Iranian warship. The accident wounded more than a dozen others. The friendly fire was reported near the port of Jask in the Gulf of Oman. This is DW News from Berlin. You can follow us on Twitter at DW News or visit our website DW.com. That's all for now. Great. So that's um, our world catch up. Now, Africa, I gotcha. So here's an update on the education front in Africa. So about 297 million learners have been affected. Our teachers and resources are going to remain unutilized for a while. So the question that we'll have to ask ourselves as society is what next? So given that the school closures were abrupt, 
Sadly, about 75% of the learners have limited or no access to interactive and internet-based learning materials. I recall in Kigali earlier this year when I sat in a panel during the Africa Tech Summit, the moderator thought I was mad and how could I dare say that connectivity was just as and if not even more important than a physical road infrastructure. I was saying loudly then that all African governments needed to make connectivity a high priority agenda in funding and I also said that the AU that's the African Union, needed to take a lead on this. And as fate would have it, sadly, we're not totally reliant on connectivity for more than 90% of what we're doing here on the continent. Now, um, globally, classrooms are actually closed in 191 nations out of the 195 nations that they are in the world. But 90% of our students in Sub-Saharan Africa do not, do not have household computers, and while 82% are unable to get online. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. It is time to say goodbye. And you can find the links to um, some of the summaries of the stories that I've just spoken about in terms of education. In the meantime, do give us your feedback. Remember, the email address is globalafricaprogram at gmail.com. That is globalafricaprogram, all one word, at gmail.com. As always, always stay safe, stay home, stay alive, wear your masks properly. Social distancing always. Wash your hands properly. Lathering, you know it, 20 seconds. And no visitors in your home, please. No visitors in your home. Okay, so as I said again, you have the links to read the stories. And to get you off to a great week, I have shared, as promised, another link to one of my all-time African duets by two mothers. This is none other than Susanna Oweo and Emmy Kosge. Enjoy. And our greeting... Mulibwanji is from Malawi. Signing out, MO saying, Oriti. Take care till tomorrow.